Hello and welcome to a Tuesday episode of the State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Rappé. He's Chris Stanzial. Chris, the wait is almost over. I know that offseason and preseason felt like a long time, but I did not expect that this eight days would feel like eight months because that's exactly the mood I have right now. Who designed this? We talked about this during the preview show, but this was actually a lot more brutal than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, especially when you see everybody else in action and then you finally get to a Saturday and you're like, oh, this is the first college basketball Saturday of the year. And you, you sit down, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, my team's not playing. That's kind of depressing. I want them back in action. And you see all these teams winning some big games. You know, DePaul looks like they're on a hot streak right now. They're, they've won two Gavit tip-off games in a row. Yeah, and DePaul played something like three games in four days. They're already 4-0, and which is kind of insane. Save some games for the rest of the college basketball world. I mean, really, please, come on. So we had this long eight-day gap, as we mentioned. You know, after this really exciting win, Villanova basketball was back, destroyed Army. Everybody looked great. You just wanted to see them back on action ASAP. But then, unfortunately, we had this eight-day gap. Nova returns to action on Wednesday night, tomorrow night, against the Ohio State Buckeyes. Gavin Tiffoff game, Big Ten versus Big East. Nova's got to come back and hold their own because last year's Gavit tip-off game did not go so well. This time around, we're hoping for a better result against a familiar face. We're going to dive into the Buckeyes in a little bit. But first, we just got to look at the polls, how the top 25 is looking. We, we saw some movement towards the top after the quote-unquote Champions Classic. Chris, as you pointed out last time, what is it, like one championship between those four teams since? Since 2012, yes. Since 2012. Yes, it was Duke in 2015. That was it. Yes, yes. Wow. Champions Classic. Yeah, champions. Villanova has more than all those four schools combined in that time frame. Just saying. We're still waiting for that call. Anytime. Anytime. (laughs) Or maybe they should expand it to like eight teams instead of just four. Or actually invite the teams who won it in the past few years and just get the last four champions. That's all. And if you get a repeat, I don't know, just go back another year. I I don't know. Figure it out. So Kentucky is now the new number one, followed by Duke. Michigan State has dropped from one to three. Louisville has inched up to number four. And then Kansas is now at number five. That's your top five for you. And then Nova still sitting pretty at number 10. Only had one game. It was against Army. They destroyed Army, so I didn't really expect any movement there. But if you're looking at the rest of the Big East, Seton Hall is still in at number 12. You got Xavier. They dropped a couple spots despite going 2-0 last week. They dropped to 21. And then looking at the receiving vote section, you got Marquette, Providence, Creighton, Georgetown, all being represented, all being repped. Chris, when you look at the polls, I mean, it's pretty much what we expected, but is there anything that sticks out to you? Uh, not, not particularly. I mean, if you're looking at, like, potential Villanova opponents or who's actually on their schedule as of right now, I mean, Baylor took a big hit. Uh, they dropped 8-24, to 24, and that's because they ended up losing to Washington, who moved into the top 20 this week. Uh, Kansas dropped a couple spots because they did lose in the Champions Classic to number 5. And Ohio State, they actually bumped up two spots to 16. So I guess it makes it a little bit of a more marquee matchup if you really read into that stuff. So, yeah, it is what it is. I'll, I'll take it 10 versus 16 with Ohio State. That's a pretty, that's a pretty solid uh, opening two-week matchup. Another top 25 opponent to... Just add to the resume for later. Yeah, right now, in these first couple weeks, or I would say month, or as long as we go through non-con play, 
there's going to be a lot of movers and shakers in the top 25. The whole rankings will start to really solidify itself where you don't really see as much movement, but don't be surprised. You'll see like one team in the top 25 and then drop after like one loss or like two losses. Whereas later in the season, you know, a team can lose a couple of times and they'll probably just drop like five spots. So expect a lot of movement early on. Right now, it's pretty much everything is pretty much how we expected it. Nova's still at 10. They haven't really had anything to threaten or bolster that spot. But this week, with the Ohio State matchup, they could potentially gain some ground, move up, or move down, depending how it goes. This should be a really exciting game. As we pointed out in the non-con preview show, this was going to be one of the games to watch for, especially early on with this young team, with this young core. Not only is it a Gavit game, you're going up against Chris Holtman, a former Butler coach who had Jay's number the last time he was in Indianapolis. Now Jay's going to have to get his revenge. Although it's a different school, and although they've changed teams, and although it's been a couple years, this will be you know a nice little reunion of sorts, I guess you could say. Yeah, it certainly will be. And as we've pointed out in the preview show, that Chris Holtman has Jay's number. So it would be a perfect time to get some revenge in a pretty high marquee matchup and in a non-con matchup. And probably be the only other time outside of Kansas that you'll be able to face off against the ranked team and potentially knock them off. Maybe you get a little lucky if you face Baylor in the preseason tournament and they're still ranked. So, yeah, great opportunity. You got Holtman coming back. Well, coming back, but you're going to face him again. And then also Ohio State's dealing with some injuries too, and a pretty significant one, I would say. So the opportunity is there. When DePaul leads off the Gavit tip-off games with a huge win over Iowa, like they just destroyed them. It wasn't even close. From opening tip-off, water-wire victory for the Blue Demons. We can't let them down. Like, like last year, you had St. John's, Georgetown, and DePaul hold it down for the Big East. But for the first time since the beginning of the whole series, the Big Ten actually won. For the first couple of years, it was a draw. It was a tie with both sides, both conferences, winning equal amount of games. But last year was the first time that we saw the Big Ten take an edge. We need to even the score here. Villanova needs to do its part against Ohio State, can't have another letdown like last year. And especially when DePaul leads things off so so hot, so strong, we can't, we can't do this again. We can't have DePaul show us up here in the, the Gavit tip-off games. No, we can't let them do that. And uh, we seem to be talking about DePaul a lot here. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Maybe they're in our heads already. We've we got to focus on Ohio State. Come on, we can't, we can't be talking about the Blue Demons. Oh, I know, I know. But it's just like it's so impressive what they've done so far because this is just not like – DePaul. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta give them props. Gotta give them props. Representing the biggies. Gotta give them props. For sure. For sure. Yes, let's let's talk about Buckeyes a little bit, Eugene. Yes, talking about Ohio State, they're 2-0. They're coming off wins against Cincy and UMass Lowell. So they're hosting the Wildcats. And as I said before on the non-con preview, you know, no disrespect to Army, but this is most likely the quote-unquote the real season opener here. Villanova is going to be on the road. It's going to be a hostile environment. They're going up against a solid team, ranked, tough defensive team. And for the young cats, this is going to be a really, really good test. Yes, Ohio State beat Cincy, who, you know, they're not bad, but UMass Lowell, which they should have killed anyway. So for Ohio State, this is also going to be their first real test. They're going to have the cats at home. Chris. No Andre Wesson. He's going to be out for a couple weeks with a fractured eye socket. Sounds very painful. I don't know how you do that. Probably took an elbow to the face or something. Wouldn't want to be him. Who is left 
who should we keep our eyes on? Who should we watch out for in Wednesday's game? I mean, my guy to highlight is Andre Wesson's brother, and that would be Caleb Wesson. He's averaging 10.5 points through the two games so far and also 12 boards. So he's got a double-double going for him. And he was a pretty big reason as to why Ohio State was able to manage such a big comeback against Cincinnati. Well, not big comeback, but they looked really bad in the first half against Cincinnati. Cincinnati was playing their classic defensive style, and it, it was getting to the Buckeyes, but then they exploded for 45 in the second half. You, you look at Weston's stat line, he only put up eight points in that game, but the 11 boards on top of various other things, he, he's a big-time player, and he, he did do pretty well against UMass Lowell, dropping 13 there with 13 boards. Another guy I want to highlight is Kyle Young. He's averaging 12 points game so far, in a half boards per game as well. He was also one of the guys to spearhead that comeback against Cincinnati. I would say it's really between those two. So look out for him as well. He'd be underneath a lot. So we'll see if uh, Jerry and Sadiq Bey can handle him. And then also I want to highlight DJ Carton. So far he's come off the bench both games. I don't know if he's going to come off. I mean, I guess he will come off the bench because in the second game against U.S. Lowell with Andre Wesson out, he did come off the bench there. So I'm assuming that he'll probably come off the bench again he went five of six against umass lowell for 13 points and then he also went three of five against cincinnati for nine he'll come right off the bench big time the six man right now and uh yeah he's he's pretty good too and i don't even think we really mentioned him all that much in the the non-con preview so they're already getting some uh, big time contributions from guys you wouldn't expect so i would probably say those are your big three right now for ohio state and obviously with holtman coaching them up i mean Who knows what can happen? Yeah, you look at a guy like Kyle Young. He's been doing pretty well so far just between his imposing front court self, what he adds. But just look how efficient he is. He's shooting over 76% on the floor. He's a big man. Last time we were were talking with Brendan how, no offense to Army, but they didn't really have the huge front court presence. Yes, they had a guy like uh, Matt Wilson who, you know, 6'9", bruiser, but he was in foul trouble all game, so he didn't really get a chance to do what he needs to do. We're getting a couple of front court tests right here with Kyle Young and Caleb Wesson, two guys who are just tough on the boards. They're going to be tough to manage inside. And it'll be a great test for, you know, a guy like JRE to go up against. They might have a little bigger of a frame to see what they can do inside and, you know, see if they can hold their own. We saw JRE do it against the likes of Onyeko Kongwu in the preseason exhibition against USC, but, you know, against a more experienced guy like Caleb Wesson, or a guy like Kyle Young to see what he can do against them. With DJ Carden, he was a guy that we did put the spotlight on just because he was one of their promising freshmen. He was a four-star guy, one of the top-rated prospects coming in to this class. And so far, he's looking like he's fit every billing so far. He's been doing pretty well for himself. He's been pretty efficient on the floor, pretty smart with his shots. He's been taking and making whatever he puts up. And that's what you want to see from a young freshman guard. So far, I know the numbers, they don't really pop out on paper, but it looks like Chris Holman is getting some nice balanced contributions all around from whoever he's rolling out on the floor. And I think their strength is totally going to be in numbers because last year you had Caleb Wesson carrying the team and he was like the main go-to guy. This time around, it looks like he can share the workload with Young or a DJ Carton in the backcourt to do some work there. He doesn't have to put the team on his shoulders just as he did last year. Oh, that's for sure. And if you're able to spread out the scoring, it's it's always nice, <laughs> I must say. I don't really know what to expect in this game, honestly. I'm just terrified because it's an away game in a hostile environment. I've been saying it over and over again. 
I just don't know how this team, young team is going to respond. I trust the coaching staff will have them ready. I trust the players that they'll be ready. I think it's just the fear of the unknown that's really scaring me with this game. I, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm ready for it, honestly. I'm like embracing this. Like I've been looking forward to this game for a while. This is the first real test for either team this year. And you just got to totally embrace that. I'll be watching it for sure. I'll be very excited to see it. One thing about this Ohio State team, and Chris Holtman, as we saw with his Butler teams, you know, especially the last couple of years when they started to get really good and he was Biggie's coach of the year, they were so scrappy. They were so physical, just real tough on defense. And it looks like he's carried that over with him, carried over that mindset, carried over that vibe. And he's starting to establish that in Ohio State, in Columbus, because every year so far, his teams have been top 25 in defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. This year, small sample size, of course, but so far they seem to be picking up right from where they left off. They're holding teams to virtually nothing. And I know it's only been two games so far, but right now they've really locked down on the perimeter. They've really frustrated opponents and not given them an easy time to shoot inside the arc, outside the arc. And against a team like Nova, who was able to do whatever it wanted against Army, I'm very interested to see how they adjust to this kind of, because I'm expecting nothing but the best from a Holtman team and what they're going to bring defensively. So this will be real, real tough test, especially on the road. Can't be caught sleeping, especially after an eight-day layoff. Right. No, for sure. Then the propensity to, to come out flat after such a long layoff is uh, also pretty scary. And against a defensive team like Ohio State, I don't know if you really want to get into that type of battle. Yeah, just some quick stats for you with regards to your defensive point. Uh, Cincinnati, 19-57. That's 33% from the field, 4-21 of from deep. UMass Lowell, 32%, 32 32.8% from the field, 20-61, of and then 5-23 of from deep. So for 21.7%. Yeah, those are not good numbers if you're on the offensive side. Great numbers for Ohio State's defense, but not great numbers for any team that wants to score a lot. So, And as of right now, Ken Palm has Ohio State at 7th in adjusted defense. So they're good defensively, no denying that. And they'll be able to score because I don't think Weston and Young are, not, are just not going to get theirs. So it's going to be a tough task. There's no denying that. One thing that I definitely want to see more of, and I just want to see Villanova just establish the tempo we saw them push it a little bit against Army. We saw them, you know, run it up, something that we wanted to see so desperately last year with all the athletes that Nova had. Now this year it looked like they were pushing the pace a little bit. They weren't too three-point happy, which is always great to see. It's going to be interesting because this Ohio State team, they love to slow it down. They're going to be slowing it down. And I think if Nova can just kind of push it to them, take it to them, make an opening statement, just punch them in the mouth right away, it's, that's going to be a great start for Nova. Jay Wright has mentioned, you know, all throughout the offseason, throughout preseason, of all the games, he was really keying in on this Ohio State game because he's been trying to drill it into his freshman's head. This is a big game. They're going to want to destroy you. This isn't just any other Wednesday night game. This isn't just the next opponent on your schedule. This is going to be a real tough match. They got to bring their A game. And I think with Jay's emphasis and focus on this game, I think the freshmen, I hope, because so far they look like they bought in to everything. And I hope they've been taking heed to his warning, taking heed to his experience from what he's seen as a coach, but also, you know, what he's experienced throughout all these years. And I hope that they're getting the message that they're not going to come out flat, that they're not going to come out half asleep, or they're not going to come out thinking like, oh, this is just, you know, another game on a Wednesday night and it's just Ohio State. They had a nice eight-day rest. Not ideal because obviously we want to see them back out in action. So regularly, we're used to the three-day, four-day rest two days sometimes, but uh, I have a feeling, Chris, I'm telling you, I'm still still feel, feeling pretty good about Nova. 
And that first season opening game definitely helped me. But uh, I'm still feeling good about this game. A little worried, of, of course, because this is going to be, you know, the real test. This is the real deal right here. Mm-hmm. But I'm still feeling pretty good. Definitely the way they played against Army has changed my mind a little bit. The way that Ohio State looked against Cincinnati at first, granted they did figure themselves out against the, in the second half against Cincinnati and then against Lowell. They didn't look all that great either. Now you got the injury to Andre Wesson. So, I don't know. I think Ohio State still wins. But I am interested to see how this team responds if they were to if they're going to face they're going to face adversity in this game I would think I can totally see these guys coming out flat and that's not a knock on them I could just it's it's what the nature of the beast you're on the road against a good defense great defensive team after not playing for eight days let's say you come out flat I want to see how they respond and let's say Ohio State goes on like a nice little run to get off to a big lead and the crowd's going nuts I want to see how they respond I want to see if they can start moving the ball around and starting to figure it out maybe you know what was work wasn't working before They'll figure out and make an adjustment and get it going. I want to see other freshmen respond. I want to see how the juniors are going to respond in a full-time leadership role. I want to see if Sadiq Bey wants to really take – I mean, he's a great player, obviously, but if he really wants to make have like a Mikhail Bridges moment almost, this is a great time to do it. And, you know, if those things can happen and they can make the adjustments and they can show that they're ready to play and, you know what, maybe they end up taking the L at the end of the day, okay, like I'd honestly be fine with that. I want to just see improvement. I don't want to see them just come out, look flat, and then, like, they're absolutely awful for the rest of the game. Or maybe they get out to, like, a big lead and they rest on their laurels and then they blow it. You know, I, I kind of want to just see improvement and I want to see how, uh, the adjustments made to, to face adversity in a tough environment. And I think with the young team, I think that's really what's key here, especially so early in the season. Oh, definitely, definitely. We're keeping our eyes out, especially on the younger guys, because we are seeing a lot more youth in the rotation, you know, getting big minutes right away from JRE to Justin Moore to a couple of sophomores who didn't really get to play last year, but now they're getting their fair share of minutes this year. And we just need to see how they react to adversity. At first, I was worried about how they were going to handle the moment. And, I, you know, I still thought Villanova was going to win, but I was a little worried of with how they would handle the moment. But you, you just look at how mature, and I hope I'm not wrong. You know, I could be saying all this right now and just, you know, it could be another Michigan for all we know. But you just look at how mature JRE looks already and how Justin Moore looks and behaves. I don't think they're going to come out flat. I don't think they're going to be caught sleeping. I think they're going to take this real seriously. Jay's been drilling this in their head as a game to not sleep on. This is going to be a welcome to a college basketball moment. And while you do expect some mistakes from your youth, you know, I'm not expecting them to be perfect, but they already seem to be far along than we have seen past freshmen in this program over the last decade, you know? And I think just seeing how they behave, seeing how they compose themselves, seeing how they're already able to contribute on the court and play, you know, the mental game is great, but they're also putting up the the play to just back it up. And they've been nothing but impressive so far that I think they're going to, they're going to definitely help. And I think they're going to help Nova to victory, Chris. I really do. So you're locking that in. I locked it in back then, man. We're going undefeated in non-conflict. You're right. You're right. right. You did say that. Not, Not denying that. You did say that. I'm still sticking with the L, but I'm going with the positive spin of the L where it's things improve throughout the game and they're, they come out better on the other side for it. Let's just say they'll learn some lessons from this game that'll help them down the road. I mean, they, they could easily win this game too, obviously. <laughs> I'm not denying that. I can easily see them winning and I'll have no problem with that, obviously. Love that. Would, not, would want nothing more. According to Sir Ken Palm, uh, Ken Pomeroy, 
He has Ohio State winning 67 to 65 and gives Nova a 43% chance of winning. Is that kind of how you feel right now? That that close? Yeah, I would say yeah, it's 60-40, maybe 55-45. I saw ESPN's like power ranking, not power ranking, but like BPI. Yeah, I guess the score BPI. predictor thing. Yeah, they got Nova at like 55%, 55 like 56%. I'm like, well, that's that's pretty high, I would say, um, especially for a road game. So, hey, I'll I'll take it. I will say if there is one thing that Nova needs to keep an eye out for, you know, I love the way how they rebound the ball. And I think that was very present in the USC game. And also from what we've seen so far in army and in this very young season, one game sample size, but the turnovers, they cannot afford a defensive team like Ohio state to have extra possessions to dictate the pace, slow it down. I don't know what the situation is going to be like. You know, I'm not expecting another 45 to nine run to start the game. I'm 100% I'm not expecting that, but you cannot gift Ohio state. You cannot gift a Chris Holtman led team extra possessions at any point in the game. And that is something that Nova should watch for other than look, keeping an eye out on the youth and seeing how they play and what they add to the court and what their stats are going to look like by the end of the night. Turnovers I think are going to be the key to this game because they did cough the ball a little bit too much against army. They adjusted in the second half, which is great. That's what you want to see, but they cannot afford to give extra possessions to Ohio state. This game will be on tomorrow. Fox sports one. 7 p.m. The Cats will be back in action on the road, taking on those Buckeyes. I'll definitely be tuning in. Chris, I'm sure you'll be tuning in as well. This will be probably the biggest game early on, at least until the Myrtle Beach Invitational. But, yeah, like I said last time, and I'm ready to eat these words if I'm wrong, but by the end of this week, Chris, Ohio will be renamed West Villanova. I'm telling you right now. Right now, <laughs> I hope a week from today. I hope I hope we're uh, redrawing the state lines. I hope so. I really hope so, Eugene. We'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'm expecting a uh, big game, Jermaine, and uh, I'm gonna shout out Sadiq Bad. I think those two guys are gonna have some nice games. I think we're gonna see some some highlight moments from them. I hope so. And if they're gonna win, they're definitely gonna need it. But if Villanova wins, I think we see a. Big time Cole Swider, shut the crowd up type three that just silences everybody and uh, pretty much seals the game. If Villanova were to win, I think that's what needs to happen. I think that'll be like the singular moment. That sounds really nice. That sounds oh, good. It sounds I'd, great. I'd sign up it? for that. Theoretically, it sounds great. Will it happen? Chris Archie, the Akino comes in, nails a three because guys are in foul trouble. <laughs> he's got the clutch gene. Don't sleep on him. People, he does. They've been he treating does. him like he's bench mob, which is kind of weird to see, but. He does have a clutch gene. He does have a clutch. Man. From the corner, you know, I'm all for it. Just like his big bro. That's exactly what I'm alluding to. Well, it's that time of the day where we stop what we're doing, pop on the mailbag, and answer the questions that you, the listeners, have for us. As always, you can tweet us at SONNPod, and it'll find its way to us. You can ask us anything, and we'll talk about it on the show. Chris, we got a few in here. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right, the first one is from John Palm. Arguably, Jay has overplayed his upperclassmen last year during non-conference play. I know that testing different combos is a goal, but what do you feel is a good balance of minutes for this team? I love this question because it actually makes you think. <laughs> what is a good balance for this team? We were kind of discussing this off-air a bit. Uh, just just happened to be talking about the team, whatever. And I think we both kind of agreed 
it's kind of a little bit up in the air until Antoine comes back. Before he comes back, I think the rotation they rolled out minute-wise, like that they used against Army, and I know it was a blowout, I'm perfectly okay with that. It was pretty evenly distributed. I mean, DCR had the fewest minutes. I think Moore had the most, but obviously, like, if the game were to develop and it's a close game, you obviously want Bay and Samuels out there a little bit more. But, yeah, like, everyone was hovering around 20, 29. No one got more than 30. Slater played 20, which I think were to decrease. I think that's where you would probably shave the minutes from if it were to be a close game. You want to give Bay more minutes, obviously. I think that's perfectly fine the way it is. And I agree with the question that the guys were overused in non-con play. Heck, they were overused all last year. That was our constant complaint last year. So. I'm all for a rotation like this where the minutes are pretty evenly distributed and just make some adjustments based on the, the how the game's going. But then when Antoine comes back, we were kind of thinking how that's going to work. I mean, I would figure maybe some minutes shaved off from Slater, minutes shaved off from mainly from Moore, because I don't think he'll get rid of Gillespie's minutes as much as it might be beneficial to. Uh, I think that's what they would probably go with. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I think that right now, I think Jay has, is on to something good. I do like the current rotation. I do like the minutes split right now, percentage-wise. I do agree, yes, if, you know, we're a tight game situation, totally would see more Bay or more Samuels and most likely Gillespie just because of his veteran status. But we're not seeing the same kind of what we saw last year in terms of, you know, let's just pile it all on our two senior leadership or our two veterans and then figure it out from there, not really play the younger guys. I think Jay learned from that experience all last year. But then also I think what he has right now, I think his lineup in terms of, you know, how it's going to look. Granted, you know, we don't have Brian Antoine yet in the picture, but it's not going to be like last year where, what was it, like five different combinations throughout the month of November mm-hmm. for starting lineups and then, you know, everything else in between in the rotation. I think he's – it's definitely a lot more set of a picture, which is nice. It's it's good when you can just kind of get into rhythm and just jive and not have to change things around too much, as we saw early last year. So I think right now, you know, he's on to something good. It's just going to solidify itself as the season goes on and then once Brian Antoine comes back and then reenters the picture. But right now I do like the balance between the upperclassmen and the young guys and letting the young guys play. And they also seem ready and up for the task mentally. So that's always good to see too. Oh, same here. Same here. And I mean, obviously the army game, I don't know if you can really take that as gospel because it was a blowout. So obviously the minutes got skewed and heck types of situations they were in, they they might not be utilized down the road. So, but honestly, if they keep it like that, I'm perfectly happy with it. Yeah. Moore and JRE seem like they can handle it right now. And you know, they've been trusted a lot early and so far granted it's only been one preseason exhibition game one secret scrimmage, and one regular season game. But so far, they seem to be up for the task, which is great. You know, I, do, I, feel, comp, I feel fine seeing them in action. Like, I'm excited for them. I don't sure. feel like I'm cowering for fear and waiting for the next <laughs> time out so they can sub them out. Right. Yeah, and we can't really say that after last year's freshman experience. We can't really – I don't know if we would be in the position to be saying that either. So we were kind of scarred from last year is what I'm trying to – the point I'm trying to make. There's a certain confidence I feel in watching them as freshmen that I felt with seeing like Jalen Brunson or like Ryan Archie Diakono as freshmen. Yeah, I agree. I was, I was happy with that. And Josh Hart too. I did like what Josh Hart added as like a six man or like a guy off the bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of ball game left. So a lot of season left. But yeah, as of right now, 
sit here today, um, I'm in the same boat as you. Next series of questions are from Jerry Quinn, but his first one is, what will be the starting five for the Ohio State game this week? Now that we're talking rotation, do you change from what you saw against Army? Nope, 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 nope. nope. Same five and and go go from there. If, the, if something presents a problem on the court, then switch it up. But no, I, I keep it the same. Yeah, Justin Moore, Colin Gillespie, Jermaine Samuel, Sadiq Bey, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I don't see anyone replacing anybody. Although I did like, you know, obviously what Cole Swatter did off the bench. But as I said before, you know, I like having that scoring threat off the bench. That guy that can just come in, the quote-unquote six starter. I personally like the starting five. I can't see it changing at all. Maybe if Gillespie's hurt, we still don't know what the status is with the hand. We still have not received any sort of official word. There are some rumors and whisperings, of course. Uh, according to Brendan, it looked better in person than it did on the TV broadcast. But we also haven't received any official statements. But if Gillespie is like good to go and his hand is not that bad at all, then I would assume it's – and he's also had a week to heal up and rest. So I would assume it's the same five. And if he's not in and if he's not able to go, I would assume Swider would be the guy to fill in right there. I guess – oh, it's kind of the default option at that point. And honestly, I, we've been talking about the game for like, what, the past 30 minutes or so, and I completely ignored the fact that Gillespie even suffered that injury. I guess I, I, I don't know why. Usually, with the, obviously, with Villanova hands, can't really, can't really, really take forget. those for granted. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I, I think he'll be ready to go, and we haven't heard anything. I feel like if he wasn't able to go, I feel like we'd be getting more info. I don't Just, know about that. The Villanova Athletic Department, they're very hush-hush about injuries. I know, but still. Not one. It would have leaked eventually. I feel like, eh, whatever. I, I don't know. You know me. Yeah, you're right. Me. You would. Yeah, you would have that guy like on campus who like sends view hoops like a Snapchat photo of like, oh, here's Colin Gillespie and coming out of the health center with a giant bandage <laughs> on his hand. He's got a club. Yeah, he's got a club. <laughs> yeah. So he has someone <laughs> carrying his books because he can't hold it. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't want that. Don't want that. But, yeah, I guess if he isn't ready to go, I guess he's throw a slider in there. But I, I'm assuming he's ready to go. I've kind of just assumed he's been ready to go the whole time. Yeah, because we haven't heard anything bad otherwise. So that's kind of how I feel, too. The next question from Jerry Quinn is, what freshman will need to play well for us to win against Ohio State? It's got to be JRE. I mean, we're going to need the front court presence. We're going to need the rebounding. And we need him to cut down the turnovers, which he did, to his credit, in the second half against Army. But my spotlight will be on him. Yeah, with Young and Wesson in the front court for uh, for Ohio State, Jerry's got his work cut out for him amongst Bay and Samuels. But I still think if we had to pick one freshman, it's going to be him. With those two guys down low, with him getting his like first real big test against some real talented players, I think he's going to have to step up and contribute. I'm not saying Justin like if Justin Moore were to play well, I mean I think Villanova would could win easily too. But I, I think the more important matchup is Jerry versus those two. The next question is, is there any impact or curse of the mask for Colin? This this is kind of <laughs> like the Joe Cremo question last year. Like, is the mask <laughs> slowing him down? Like, is this why, you know, is it interfering with the sight lines? Is it, does it weigh too much? Is it holding him back? I think Jerry's asking if the mask caused the injury. If the mask is cursed, then then he got the injury because of it. Because oh. didn't he get hurt, hurt last year with the mask, too, or no? I don't think he had a mask last year. Did he have a mask last year? I thought he had a hand injury. Didn't he also get hit in the face, too? Well, he, oh, had no, he had a concussion. He had a Right, right, right. Yeah. right. See, there's so many injuries, they just all kind of morph into one. It's is what it is. I, I don't know. Is it cursed? It might be slowing him down. I don't know. Richard Hamilton wore a mask for good luck. 
I don't think it's working for us though. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not the Rip Hamilton effect. That's for sure. At least not the one we were expecting. Maybe he should try the black mask, like when LeBron had the black mask. Maybe that's what's going on. They've been using the clear ones. They should try the black ones. Right, and then ESPN can come up with uh, individual stats for Colin Gillespie while wearing the black mask versus the clear mask, and obviously the last black mask would uh, be better, I guess. Can't, be, can't get worse than the clear mask so far. <laughs> Injury in only, what, eight points last game or something like that? Yeah, no. Yeah, hopefully we're going to have to keep an eye out on this mask, mask watch, but hopefully it's not going to be too bad. Hopefully there's no curse. Hopefully, you know, it's just one game. It's just one game. Hope, hope, Brian. The last question from Jerry is, will this be – a sellout game for Buckeye Nation. Now, if you look at the attendance, Ohio State averaged around 13,000, close to 14,000 last year. Right now, over the first two games, we're looking at a nice, similarly-sized crowd of like 12 or 13,000. But against Nova, when Nova comes to town, is it going to change? I don't know if it will. You know, maybe if it wasn't football season anymore. But I think right now, the, you know, the Buckeyes, that's all they're thinking about, football season. Yeah, I'll give you that. And I've been kind of hyping this place up as a hostile environment. And I still it will think definitely it is. be hostile. Yeah, it will definitely be hostile. It's still hostile. I mean, we got into some hot water last year when we talked about, you know, opposing fan bases on if they'll show up or not. So I, I don't know if we really want to dive into this question, but I, I would assume it's a sellout. You would think it's a, it's a high-ranked matchup. I know it's bas- uh, football season, but it's a Wednesday. The yeah, there's no football going on. No, no. And I'm pretty sure Ohio State has a cupcake this week, I think. Yes, they play Rutgers. It is a cupcake. So, yeah, they got nothing to worry about this week. They're playing Rutgers. They can focus on basketball. So their arena holds a little over 19,000 people. Do you think they're going to hit that mark, 19,000? <laughs> I mean, it, is it? I mean, we can get a lot of Villanova fans there, too. That might yeah, I don't know what the Ohio alumni base is looking like. I don't know. I don't know if it'll hit max capacity, but they'll they'll have a good showing. Probably maybe their best of the year. Yeah, probably best for non-com play. For sure. I would, I would think. Sellout, I, I could see it being more than 13,000 and 12,000 from what we've seen in the last couple of games just because it's, it's a bigger opponent. It's a big name. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be uh, – like I said, I don't know. You know, it's hard to put – it's hard to put your mind in these like schools that are like good at two sports or like relatively good <laughs> at two sports because right now football's religion over there and it is football season. But mm-hmm. it is Wednesday night. They are playing against Rutgers, which isn't really like an enthusiastic like football opponent. No. Um I can't think like a football school, Chris. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that works. What do you do? Uh, I I don't know. That's why I'm kind of calling the middle. How about this? Let's just settle on the less than 19, but it's still probably their highest non-con. Term. Yeah, like I'm thinking more than 17,000. Yeah, 17,5, 18. Yeah. If they get less lesser than that, I'd be a little disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, that's a. I think that's a pretty good benchmark. Yeah, if it's another like twelve thousand, thirteen thousand, I would be very shocked. Oh, that would be very sad. But it would also confirm a hypothesis. Yeah, that it is football season, <laughs> so they don't care yet. The last question is from Fred Rung: Is Chris Lane banned for gambling debts? Which player has the best encore performance from Game One? JRE, Swider, or Germania? Uh hmm. Well, I'll let I'll let you answer the Chris Lane question first. Chris Lane doesn't have any gambling debts. That man is just a walking winner. Every time, I, every time I've seen Chris Lane talk about like bets, like I think he's only won. Like honestly, <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like I, I don't think I've heard of him taking the loss. 
Teach me your ways, Chris, please. I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, honestly, just need to, like, I've, what's the secret? I've had some tough beats these past couple weeks. Uh, NFL kickers are not doing me kindly lately, but that's okay. That's okay. We'll get by. Yeah, like, he bet on Nova Colgate football and won because Nova won. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. I, I wouldn't have the, the guts to take that. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Wow! Props to him. I'm assuming he won big because I'm assuming he took Nova, and I know Nova he did take Nova. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Amazing. Um. So, what was the second part? <laughs> uh, which player has the best encore performance from Game One? JRE, Swider, or Germania? I'm going. Stick with the freshman here. We'll go JRE again. Best encore performance, JRE. Yeah, I think he's going to be the key player to watch. Mm-hmm. I also don't think Germania is that bad of a nickname. It's actually pretty good. Like yeah, it, it is. Like it. I like big game Germania, but Germania, I can, I can Germania, get. I, I like that. I haven't heard that one yet. That's. Uh, yeah, that's unique. That's unique. I might actually start using it. I'll work it into our uh, vocabulary here. Best player encore performance. Bam. So let's see. Swatter shot the lights out. Germania just looked like a a big boy. Mm-hmm. And Jerry was Jerry. Jerry was Jerry. Oh, I would love for all of them to have encore performances. Yeah. You had to I pick think, one. Come on. Yeah, if I know. I was going to say, yeah, but if I had to pick one. Gun to your head. Let's see JRE make uh, Caleb Wesson a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> all for it. All for it. And they're going to need it. Villanova's going to win this game. That's for sure. I know I said Swider's going to hit the big shot if Villanova to win. But best performance will be from Jerry. He's going to step up and do big. But I'll be also down for Jermaine Samuels' chase down block. Mikhail Bridges-esque. Eugene Porquet no those dos. Why can't we have both? Why can't, why can't we, we have all three? Why can't we have all three? That's what I was saying earlier. <laughs> Porquet no those trace. Yeah. Why not all three? I'm all for it. Wider, <laughs> five for seven from deep. Jermaine Samuels, almost a triple-double. And then JRE, 20 points, 10, 10 rebounds, and uh, 12 blocks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all, all four. <laughs> yeah. Caleb Weston scares, scores under 10 and does nothing on the boards. Great time. I'm all for it. Yeah, we need like a, a, Jan, a Daniel Ochefu-esque like defense. Yeah. Like I remember when, when Creighton had that one guy that was like seven foot two and he was shooting close to 70%, something crazy. Mm-hmm. And then Ochefu just let him not touch the ball ever. Like I would <laughs> love to see something like that. Pure lockdown performance. Yeah. Yeah. All for it. All for it. Or like Daryl against Providence a few years ago. That too. Oh, that was good. that's an amazing game right there, too. That's another classic. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Channel your inner Ochefu and Daryl, Jerry. You can do it. Now you have me really excited to see Jerry. <laughs> Ochefu and Daryl morphed into one. You might have to have a pot of our favorite Daniel Ochefu, Daryl Reynolds games. <laughs> Yeah, hey, look, we should have done that during the eight-day layoff. We had so much time. I know. Yeah, yeah there, there we were like, oh, man, what are we going to talk about until Tuesday? Yeah, I know. One day each for each favorite game. We, we, we would have been fine. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening to the State of the Nova Nation. As always, please, please subscribe if you haven't already to VU Hoops. You can do so on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Megaphone, Spotify. you got many, many options to access this beautiful pod. Please check back at viewhoops.com. We are just pumping out content. We got Catherine Ryan's game preview of the Ohio State game 
and we're going to have some other goodies coming out this week. Just one quick announcement. We're going to pull an audible. We're not sure yet on what's going to happen this Thursday. I will be traveling on Thursday morning, super early when we would normally be doing a pod. going to be doing some traveling for work. If possible, I don't want to cancel the episode because this is going to be coming from like a big game, but I also don't know if it's going to be possible to actually record something. But if we do, we're going to announce it. We're going to release an episode possibly on Friday morning instead of Thursday morning. We'll keep you posted right now. We're not sure of the second episode for this week. Sorry. I know duty calls. I got to travel for work. Not excited to get up at like 4 a.m. to to be moving, but duty calls and we will let you know what's going to go on. If there's going to be another episode this week, if not, we will see you on Tuesday for sure. You can count on that, please. So, you know, follow SONN pod on Twitter. We'll, we'll be releasing some updates. If there will be indeed a Friday episode or Thursday episode or no episode, we will let you know. And you can follow me, Eugene Repay at eRepay5. And I'm Chris Danzial. I got nothing. Follow Eugene, follow the pod, follow the news. Nova Nation, let's get this win. You know, whether we have an episode on Thursday, Friday, or not, hopefully we'll be one step closer to making Ohio West Villanova.